What is up, my lovely, wonderful, attractive people? I am, I'm, my name is Curtis Cooper, and I just stumbled over that for the first time in Deconstructing History, and I apologize. <laughs> but there's got to be a first for everything. I am joined by, uh, let's see, what's the adjective this week? Be fetching Delaney Harris. I went, oh. I went to service level this week. I'm sorry, though. It's okay. I'll take fetching. We're both I'm fetching. Well, yes. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just jolly today because we're talking about a topic that's near and dear to my heart this week. Oh. And we're what talking, topic is that? We're talking about the idea of a Christian watching media that is considered, quote, sinful by sinful media by whether it be the Christian culture by like a maybe a biblical basis that people throw out there but basically like should Christians be watching media that has sin in it ultimately because like that's mm. kind of what it comes down to yeah um and I want to start off with because I think I think there's a chance me and you might have had at least similar upbringings with some of this stuff this week Okay. Um, and tell me what you weren't allowed to watch or consume as a child. All right. Well, as a child, I was not allowed to watch much Disney. And it wasn't surprisingly for religious reasons, but rather it was because my mother didn't want me to see a film where the woman was in distress and a man saved her oh. and so a lot of like yeah i know a lot of princess movies were off the table a lot of um the uh like uh cinderella I could watch cinderella i could watch beauty and the beast because belle saves herself <laughs> heck yeah she does even though she has yeah. like what is it called um yeah when you're like when you fall when you, your... when you fall in love with your captor stockholm or the stockholm stockholm yep stockholm syndrome yeah Stockholm syndrome. So yeah, I could watch that though. <laughs> but there's a couple of things in that area I couldn't watch. Um, but when it came to like religious stuff and sin, there wasn't a whole lot that was off the table. Um, I'm trying to think of anything that I couldn't watch. I had to wait till I like aged into something, but like, I couldn't watch Star Wars till I was, I think, 10, mm. stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. It wasn't Were you allowed super to... about yeah. Oh, go ahead. But... Go ahead. No, go for it. I was just going to ask if you were allowed to read slash watch Harry Potter. I was not. That's actually a good one. I was not because I had to do with quote unquote magic. And because yep, the yep. wand, yeah, the wand was a holly brand, wand, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And like the whole like Hollywood yeah. conspiracy. And it's like, what are we right. doing? Right. Yeah, it was kind of a rabbit hole. But regardless, I... um for the most I guess like that's odd though because I could watch Lord of the Rings and I could watch Narnia would you like to know why that is yes tell me because Christians are okay with magic and witches and wizards if a Christian author made them up oh that's the only difference because Tolkien who wrote Lord of the Rings and obviously C.S. Lewis are both Christians and J.K. Rowling is not a Christian but she is problematic for different reasons but that's we're not going to get into that right now Fair enough. So what about you? Yeah, what was your opinion? Like? Um, okay, so it is similar in that there was definitely stuff I was not allowed to watch being mm-hmm. raised in a evangelical Seventh-day Adventist home. Um, right. And I, I would say that the rules were kind of 
um, consistent with my parents. They're at least consistent. Um, Good. My mom was mainly in charge of that stuff. So she kind of was the arbiter for those rules. Um, okay. And basically when I was little, she kind of very much like took the age ratings on things seriously. And I couldn't watch oh. PG-13 movies until I was 13. Okay. That's kind of interesting. Very literal. Yep. yep very there. like, I respect authority. <laughs> Even if it's some super subjective ratings board. That's funny. Um, but um, I also wasn't really allowed to watch anything with like magic or like witches, wizards, that stuff in it. Um, okay. And like I'm trying to think what's some other like I was I was allowed to watch pretty much any Disney movie though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. My my parents were never like the anti Disney types. I feel like that's, that's a good. that's a thing specific to the Adventist Church. Okay. Like I'm sure there are some other Christian sects that are like anti Disney, but like I've seen it a lot in the Adventist Church. Yeah, and I think it I mean, is pretty common there. Yeah. I think it just spirals back to the fact that like because the Adventist Church is already like a niche, um, a niche among the evangelical community that there is a tendency towards more conspiracy theories that are like mm -hmm. out there. Right. Hence like what you touched on with like the whole like people being afraid of like Harry Potter. Right. And <laughs> I would love to have a panel to talk about like witchcraft specifically. I know okay. that our Halloween episode back in the day touched on it a little bit, but yeah. I would love to have like Brad back on and definitely mm -hmm. Abby to like talk mm -hmm. through like your thoughts on it. But yeah, really at least my perspective is that with like magic, supernatural, all that stuff, we have already stated that we both believe that the supernatural exists. Yeah. And we think it would be naive to believe that there's nothing supernatural out there. Right. And me personally, I do believe that like there are there are good and bad ways to go about like quote unquote conjuring the supernatural. Mm. And if there is negative intentions behind it, then yeah, I would consider that evil. Mm. That being said, dramatic pause sinful media and the whole idea of christians picking and choosing what their children can read and watch is completely hypocritical and it doesn't make any sense okay elaborate on that all right so it's it's a simple it's a simple example of a slippery slope fallacy because okay. well so, okay, so the slippery slope fallacy is, it's actually kind of the opposite of what we're talking about. Because the slippery slope fallacy is when you say, oh, if this happens, then this will happen. Actually, it is an example of slippery slope fallacy. Sorry, I'm talking in complete like circles and zigzags today. Um, oh, okay. that, fallacy, that fallacy basically says that if you start with something small, then it'll quickly escalate into something crazy and ridiculous. Yeah. Which is what some Christians argue with like, oh, if you watch like a magical Disney movie, then you're going to turn into a Satanist. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is not the way to reach people. That is the way for people to look at you weirdly and raise their eyebrow and never walk into your church again. 
because you're sure. trying to police like every tiny minute detail of their life and nobody wants that right including god god doesn't want to do that like so what do you think the go ahead oh i was just, i was just gonna say um that god does not want like that type of stuff to have power over you and okay. to have like someone that you come to and be like hey can i watch this this and this god gave us brains that function highly for a reason right i agree with you on this yes what were you going to ask oh uh so what kind of filter do you recommend then we should use in determining what is healthy or unhealthy for us to watch Ooh, this is a good question because i think it's it it's a natural one because um parenting styles are varied and it's not really like proven that one very specific type of parenting style is great for every child right. um, obviously a balance is what people will always say of like okay you got to be firm with some things but you got to like allow freedom of expression too right and i think that in terms of like what I would allow my potential children to watch is yeah. I would do a lot of research about like what is actually like damaging to like children at different ages. Like, obviously, mm -hmm. if you're watching a hardcore R-rated movie with a bunch of sex in it, then like your kid's going to have some kind of like sexual dysfunction. Okay. Because like a five-year-old's not supposed to see that because it literally messes them up psychologically. I, you can, I, I agree with you, yeah. You can look that up. Yeah um so that's like obvious and i feel like most people would agree with that but when it comes to like um stuff that's specifically like made for kids i think that it's less i would not permit them to watch something as opposed to like i would just want to be aware of what they're watching mm. and like i think that's what I guess our parents' generation struggled with is like connecting with like kids' shows enough to like watch mm -hmm. it with them. Because like right. our parents grew up with very different cartoons than we did. Yeah. But starting with millennials and going forward to Z and Zillennials and Generation Double A or whatever the little ones are called now, um, mm -hmm. we all like cartoons and kids' shows still. We all watch right. Disney movies still. We didn't just transition to watching like Die Hard or whatever, like our parents did and like never looking back. So like, if my kid is sitting down to watch a cartoon, yeah, I want to watch it with them. Not only because I am interested in that, but because if something challenging comes up on the kid's cartoon show, like, hey dad, like, what is this like magic stuff about? I can be like, oh, cool. Let's like talk about it. As opposed to like, don't watch that. It's satanic. Like mm -hmm. that literally shuts down your child's imagination and it's going to make them hide things from you right and their ability to to kind of decipher what makes something good or bad because if you just say oh it's bad then they're not going to understand how to work exactly. through that thought process and there's going to be plenty of things that your child watches and they naturally feel uncomfortable watching it. and okay. if they feel connected and trusting enough to like say like hey mom dad i I'm watching this and I'm scared by it. Why am I scared by it? 
then that's an excellent mm -hmm. opportunity to break everything down. And I realize that I'm talking about like an ideal child that like no one is perfect and everyone will hide right. stuff from their parents. That's just how people operate. But the more communication you have with your children, as opposed to just like shouting down orders, the better. Right. And it, it's, yeah, it's a delicate balance. I agree with you. It's important to determine, um, to teach your child to determine what mm -hmm. is good and bad for themselves and understanding like that they need to develop their own filter to go yeah. through that. And like, I've found that I, as I get older, I am more discerning about what I watch and what I don't. And the criteria is might be completely different from another person. Like, for example, I uh, got into watching House of Cards, the Netflix show in college. Mm -hmm. And then it came out that the the main character, Kev, the actor is Kevin Spacey, was a serial sexual predator in real life. Nice. And I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore because I just I can't yeah. stand looking at him. And yeah. I don't judge people for continuing continuing to watch the show, but I literally more like physically cannot watch the show because it just makes me furious. Right. And I think it's just more like living your values in every aspect of your life. And if something conflicts with your values, then well, you have to first determine why and what needs to change, whether it be an aspect of your values or the action itself. Hmm. So going back just a little bit, you mentioned that you quit watching that show because of Kevin Spacey yep. and his real life struggles mm -hmm. with being a decent person. Yes. So in that, um, going forward, is that kind of like a standard you have for a lot of the shows you watch and stuff like that? Well, it is definitely a case-by-case -case basis. And okay. I think there's a good argument to be made about like why people should still watch House of Cards because the rest of the actors and the rest of like the writing staff are not horrible people. So you should right. support them and their creative efforts, which I totally understand. Um, but I think it's more of like a personal, like what do you feel type of thing. Hmm. And Paul deals with a lot of like subjective morality in a lot of his writings where he's like listen if something is a problem for someone else you shouldn't go around like doing this in front of them intentionally right. because that's going to lead them down the wrong path mm -hmm. and i think that's very instructive okay and but paul also call, refers to them as a weak-minded believer oh so then so then that that leads me to think that he's implying that weak-minded believers should strive to be stronger believers. Okay. And to be a stronger believer, you have to expand your horizons and face what makes you uncomfortable and why that makes you uncomfortable. Right. And obviously sense. I'm paraphrasing, but the whole like stumbling block thing is a well-known Christian um, I guess teaching, oh, but I do yes. think I, I, don't it's definitely one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite favorite writings from Paul because I feel like people misapply it all the time, and people totally. like take it the yeah. other way 
where they're like, well, I mean, nobody should watch TV because it might cause someone to stumble. And I'm like, no, that's not what that's saying at all. That's saying that like, if you see someone who struggles with like, hey, like I think this stuff is satanic, talk to them about it. Don't just let them scroll through Facebook and like reinforce that nonsense in their minds. Yeah, that makes sense. So though I have been ranting for most of this episode, I need to hear your (laughs) thoughts on all this. Okay, in what area? So like what, how do you determine what you watch? Good question. So I determine what I watch through a couple of different lenses. Um, The first one is if I'm watching something that portrays an action by a character that I'm rooting for, that I know that I'm not comfortable doing in my own life or I don't want the people around me doing in my own life. And that becomes like a theme of the show or the television uh, series I'm watching. Are you talking about about you? What? Are you talking about the Netflix series, You? No, I have not seen that actually. Yeah, that's, that's so, a stalker show that people soccer? like. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that is. And I'm like, I'm and I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't sound appealing at all. No thanks. Screw that. Um. So that's what I've heard, but I've heard that once it starts, like once you get into it, you understand why people like want to watch. I haven't seen it. So I don't know. But regardless, irregardless. Um, looking at like shows, like I used to watch this one show where the main character was having an affair and throughout the movie, like you were, you were on their side and cheering for them and hoping that their spouse wouldn't find out. And at one Ooh. point I was like two episodes in and I was like, this is like a huge theme of the show. And mm-hmm. like, why am I okay with this? And so I didn't want that to become part of my life. So I didn't watch the show anymore. Great storyline too, so it was kind of sad, mm-hmm. but um, it was something that was really important that I, not allow into my own life and so another movie show or show i guess i pulled out was dexter because um you root for the serial killer in that and that's like for the show and the storyline like it, maybe it's not bad but for like real life that's pretty bad so, <laughs> i mean killing people ain't the best <laughs> not really so i didn't watch it for that reason and a couple of other things like the show um oh what's it called i can't remember but shows like that I just kind of use that as like a filter for me personally. And I don't think it's like that case for everybody. I do think that what we watch becomes a part of who we are. And so Mm -hmm. it's good to be careful with that kind of thing. And so that is my filter that I use personally. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of people like throw around the scripture by beholding we become changed to like discourage watching anything that might be a little bit problematic to like Christian principles Mm -hmm. and I don't know I I don't agree with that with that application of that text first of all you're taking like one tiny text way out of context um second of all I think it does a disservice to other aspects of biblical teaching where God comes and says let us reason together right he gave us or they gave us reasoning minds Yes. to inquire and to pick apart deconstruct everything we do and mm-hmm. i think it's very important when you're like watching stuff or scrolling through social media or listening to music to kind of take a second and be like all right let me really take in what i'm consuming right. and like kind of like roll around with the concepts a little bit 
Mm-hmm. Like there are plenty of shows where the main conceit is something quote unquote problematic, but like you can take something incredible from the show that like changes your life. Yeah. Definitely. And I've definitely had that experience a lot with like anime because like mm-hmm. anime is very sexist most of the time. Oh, is it? It's very, it's very exaggerated, very sexualized most of the time. Mm. Um, but I love anime. Mm-hmm. And I'm not for like sexist stereotypes of character. But there are other concepts for different anime shows like freedom from oppression and like the horrors of like racism. Mm. There's a show called Code Geass. Code G-E-A-S-S. It's on okay. Netflix. Everybody go watch it. Because like it's the main character is very much like a morally gray, like does good things and bad things type of character. But oh. they do it in the name of freeing a nation from oppression. Okay. And I think with shows like that that kind of play with morality, it kind of like forces you to look inward. If you really want to um, engage with the material mm-hmm. and ask yourself, like, what do I believe? And how would I act in this situation? And it helps you, like, kind of reinforce what you believe. Right. And, like, it, it all comes back to mindfulness that me and you are always about. And it always comes back to that. If you're mindful with the stuff you watch, then you're going to be on a good path, regardless. Regardless of if that, that uh, church member is running you down and judging you for that. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. As long as you're staying mindful and keeping a connection with God, if you are indeed a Christian. And kind of like wrapping those two things together. Right. What are some other thoughts you have, though? Other thoughts in relation to like shows or like be, be more specific? What, how do you mean? Hmm, let's see. Um, so let's say, let's say that your child goes to a sleepover and they watch like an R-rated movie when they're like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And you've kept up good communication with your child. So they come home and tell you that they did and that it freaked them out. How do you handle it? I think it would depend on the movie because um let's say it's let's say it's like a horror like slasher film where a bunch of people are like getting tortured to death well i would have to take ownership of that because i'm the one who allowed my child to go somewhere without trusting the adult myself what's okay can i can i like add a side note to that yeah all right so me and you are kind of most of the time like progressive open-minded chill and we talk about like kind of passing those values on to our children here's something that i am not negotiating with Uh i'm not letting my kids go to sleepovers at all okay tell me why ever why because first of all i don't know that kid's parents at all like if they're if for example like i let them go over to like Brad's house and hang out with his kid. That's family. I know Brad. I know that I trust him unconditionally. 
Right. But like with random school friends, you don't know. And I've read too many stories where that's where abuse can happen by any number of parties. Whether yes. it just be showing your kids something that they shouldn't be seeing. Right. So parents, if you want to keep your child as free of trauma as possible, I would highly recommend never letting them go to sleepovers. And let me just say, I was not allowed to go to sleepovers either until oh, really? I was 18 years old. <laughs> and I look back and I am so thankful to both my parents for that line in the sand they drew. That is one example of like, that is one example of like not compromising that I think is fabulous. Because I never watched an R-rated movie until I was like 18. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I'm not saying that like, I'm not saying that I'm not going to let my kids watch certain stuff until they're a certain age. I think I'll definitely take it more case by case. But I wasn't traumatized that way because I wasn't like given the opportunity to do that. Right. Interesting. This is definitely a soapbox that I feel passionately about. And it's okay if people disagree. <laughs> well, no, I think it's important to definitely like have some discernment with what you're allowing your kids to do and not do and where to go and not go and who with. I think it's really mm -hmm. important. I think that me being who I am, I'm guessing that I'm going to reach a point where most of the people who I'm close with, I'm very close with, and there won't be very many people because I tend to keep my close friends close and few. And mm -hmm. so I think that um, I will like have enough trust in people with children, my children's age to allow them to, to like have those friends, mm -hmm. but just like a random person to meet at school, not happening. No, -uh. nope. They can go hang out for a while and then I'm picking them up. Yeah. But Del, I will say that I would definitely let my child go over to your house and stay the yeah. night if you all did that Thank stuff. You. Because Thank I know you're not going to traumatize them. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I will watch your child. Thank you. And yes. I would watch your child. Oh, great. I guess we better have children from one day then. <laughs> Let's have let's have seven seven boys and seven girls and marry them all together. Oh wow! Okay, I want I want I want the boys. <laughs> <laughs> so much easier. <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll see. Yeah, you never know. But anyway, Del. Um, yeah. Sinful. Okay, let's talk about music for a second. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Actually, Excellent. let's branch off to other consumptions. Other consumptions. Other consumptions. Um, so music's a little little tricky because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I don't watch that stuff. But then they'll like listen to like music that like reflects that stuff. Right. And isn't that interesting? I yeah. think that the filter we have for music is kind of, I guess like less severe than it is. It's a little loose. And I think it's, I think it's easy because it's easier to kind of like unplug our minds when we listen to music than it is to like see something or read right. something. Because yeah. like it's just on the background and you right. might be driving. Music is designed, music is designed to let our brain to kind of shut off and relax. 
Yeah. It's like what its purpose in a lot of senses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you might be like driving home from work, you're super tired, and you're just like jamming and like not even like realizing what the lyrics are saying or like the intent behind it is. Yes. And that's tough because it's yeah. it's it's a lot of work to go into like your playlist and be like, all right, so let me like look up the lyrics to all these songs and read <laughs> and like kind of like intonate what they mean. Right. And so I have to go back to the idea of like your own personal morality. Mm. Like if you believe that premarital sex is wrong, for example, like if you listen to a bunch of thirsty songs, like I'm not really going to respect your values. <laughs> right. At least not in that area. It's not, I'm not going to, I'm, I might respect your values. I'm not going to assume oh, yeah. that what you say and what you do are simultaneously like the same. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was more, that was too much of a blanket statement on my part. Like, I'm not going to take seriously, I'm not going to take seriously your stance on that specific issue. Right. Because I think that's just hypocrisy. And uh, you know how we feel about that on this show. <laughs> Very strongly. <laughs> So, so Del, that being um, said, yes. Oh, go yes. ahead, go ahead. Well, uh, looking at um, your experiences with music, have you ever had a time where you made made a, a decision? Wow, English, goodness, made a decision. <laughs> both struggling today. I know, both of us. Have you ever had a, um, a point where you made a decision that you think you would have made differently had you been consuming something that was more, I guess, I guess supportive of your morals? Hmm interesting um let's see um so okay for the longest time i believe that swearing was wrong right we talked about oh, okay. that okay yeah i remember that um but i played like video games where swearing was common so then i started mm -hmm. swearing despite the fact that i still believed for like the next 10 years that it was wrong mm. But that being said, I think that with with kids and developing morality, there's going to be a bunch of contradictions because like they're still mm -hmm. developing and like contradictions right. are like a part of of humanity. And like, while I do realize that I am super harsh about people contradicting themselves, it's mm -hmm. more it's more um, it more stems from the fact that it's what I'm focused on policing within myself right now and like trying to eliminate okay. that. And so right. plenty of kids are going to like watch something and they'll realize, eh, I don't feel great about this, but they'll continue watching it or finish it just because like, that's how media is designed to be consumed. It's like, they want you to finish watching. Right. And sometimes it takes until after the fact to realize like, Hey, I uh, probably shouldn't have done that. Mm. And that's when with like the child parent relationship, it's good to have that open line of communication right to like where no one feels alone and where no one feels like they're going to be judged for something that they watched offhandedly on a whim what about you yeah um definitely definitely um i think i've definitely done things i only would have done i wouldn't have done if i hadn't been consuming something that was um counter to my beliefs i think i'll just heard that just hit my mic really hard sorry <laughs> i was about to say is dell okay i'm okay <laughs> um 
but I think that's um, that's happened a couple of times, especially when I was younger and not really like aware of myself and my decisions and how they affected others and mm-hmm. myself both. And so um, recently, like I think I've felt it at like a time and a place for certain things. Um, like I have a playlist on my phone for like when I'm doing something like boating or running or something that needs like a lot of adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And I have a playlist that's for more relaxing things and a study playlist, which is just music <laughs> and things like that. And so I think it's, um, yeah, it certainly has affected my thinking and my um, discernment in the past. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that goes for a lot of things you consume, even like, even like going to alcohol. I think that sometimes that there are times that we shouldn't be consuming alcohol because we can make a decision. I had a friend who should drink and study. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand how they did it. I know. I didn't understand how they did it. Um, it but I guess I did They failed, but you know, it was just, um, yeah, I think there's a time and a place for things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So kind of like um, going back to the whole idea of like Christians policing specific media. Um, I think a lot of like modern, like Christian, like for lack of a better term, like censor- censorship of like their kids and like not letting yeah. them watch stuff right. is kind of... Well, most of it's like most of it stems from someone in authority picking something that's easy to demonize and using that mm. to control what their followers do. Okay. Case so in I'm... point, case in point, Harry Potter. Okay. It's the most popular instance of quote unquote secular witchcraft. Mm. Lord of the Rings is Christian witchcraft as we previously said um and harry potter is secular witchcraft so it's easy to pick on that and to then say hey you shouldn't watch harry potter and let a bunch of other things leak past Mm. like oh yeah disney movies and all that um and so it creates like a huge double standard where like kids are Mm. like watching whatever they want but they just can't watch harry potter and that's dumb Mm. and it's only to control people and don't don't subscribe to that nonsense I don't care yeah. if you watch or read Harry Potter. I have no interest in reading Harry Potter. I think it's right. dumb. And yeah. I'm not interested in the story at all. I but... have absolutely no information about Harry Potter, so I can't speak on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also, have, I also have issues with the creator of Harry Potter, but that's, again, not important right now. Okay. Um, and I think that it's so easy to go both to, to go to like the extreme with media we're like mm. okay so you don't believe in in what in viewing witchcraft in media okay so that translates to you don't believe that watching anything sinful in media is okay mm. that's literally what you're saying so therefore right. any sin in media if you see that you got to shut that off if someone lies in a tv show and doesn't immediately repent for it you got to shut that down Mm. see how extreme you can get with this nonsense if you don't if you if you take like a hard line stance on it it's nonsense yeah and i mean you can just stick your head in a hole and not do anything but 
the world's not doesn't really function that way nor does anything god created function that way because in essence yeah. in essence mm -hmm. fiction would mm. be counter to what christians believe or at least that sect okay. of christianity right because fiction in of itself is not true it is an untrue thing right let me tell you, I know a lot of conservative people who love fiction, so. Yeah. Yeah, I like fiction. Me too. Yeah. I'm not conservative, though, so. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> no. Hot take. We, we both just came out as non-conservative. <laughs> who would have thought? I would have never have guessed. Oh. But yeah, I think that um, at least with with media and consumption of it, mm -hmm. like cherry picking. And like, I say that, but in the same breath of some was like, so you're just gonna let your kid like watch whatever they want? No. Right. But you have to have a standard. You have to right. have a standard as opposed to like, I'm just gonna pick these random things that they can't watch. Like right. you gotta be consistent with your standard. Yeah, Otherwise also it's not a standard. Also, like having standards, guidelines, and like filters to which you think is a lot more conductive to a learning environment for a child than having rules. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we should and have like, like a whole episode on how to raise a child, yeah. which we've never done, yeah. by the way. Two <laughs> single unmarried people who have never even come close to having children tell you uh -huh. how to raise your child. That's what this podcast turns into a lot of times. Yeah. But it's fun because we've been raised. So, I mean, we know something about it. Yeah. But yeah, I, guess I think that's that... a good point. We've been raised. Oh, what were you you know what? Yeah. That's a we've good been point. Raised. We've been raised. Yeah. We've been raised. I mean, what is, what is parenthood if not trying to parent better than you were parented? Right. It's literally what everyone does. Right. Yeah. It's like, I. Like, oh, I noticed that my parent was too loose with this. So I'm going to be stricter with this or the opposite, opposite way of it. Yeah. As, opposed, as opposed to like taking a more broad view of like, okay, what systems work? And how can mm -hmm. I explain these, these systems to my child about how they work and how they are designed to protect and nurture them as opposed to just saying, oh, can't do that. Can't do that. You can do this. Right. Like you right. were saying, I think that's a great point. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything else you would like to add to this discussion, Del, before we no. sign off? I, I think that's about it. Well, it was I a fabulous discussion. discussion. It was. It was very good. And uh, with, next... Um, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, honestly, go ahead. No, I was, I was going <laughs> to change the subject. You, you keep going. We are I, I was so interested polite. to see where you were going. We are so polite. We should not be hosting together. <laughs> One of us has got to be meaner. One of us has to. Who's going to do it? Who's going to me. mean up? Mm, not me. You're going to have to mean up, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a very interesting conversation. I think we should um, delve a little bit more into um, some of these subtopics we got into, like parenting and like the rules we want to have for our kids in a future episode. Would you write them down? I will do that. I thought, I, didn't you say you were going to start using a notepad when we do this? 
to write down all this I stuff? I did. I did. I haven't gotten into a rant where I need to take notes in a while, though. So I'm not getting fired up about something. <laughs> I'm ready. Well, we'll, right we'll, now, pick some, we'll pick something fiery next week. Then. Yes. But I if that is... Of- what? We have a lot of we have a lot of fiery ideas in the queue, so I'm sure that we do. Sure, it won't be difficult. Yes. All right. I mean, we got we got some spicy ones in the chamber that like, um, I'll have the opportunity to pick one week, and I'll be like, I don't know if I'm ready for that level of sauce this week. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes you just gotta you just gotta do it and jump in. Talk about sex or something. It. Yeah. I mean, we have no problem talking about sex, but evidently other not. other no other topics. It. Yeah, we go into that topic a lot. <laughs> but hey, we're we're uh, young millennials in our twenties, so I mean, believe it or not, we think about yeah. it from time to time. That's true. But as always, I am Curtis Cooper, and I am Delaney, and this has been deconstructing. And as always, stay loose. Stay loose.